Blog Talk Radio. Topic that's man, it seems like one that, that's very necessary. So I guess without further ado, let's get right to it. This is from the streets to the pulpit. Is the culture of professional sports worth the sacrifice and risk? Part one. As far as I can remember, the majority of the kids that I grew up with wanted to be a professional athlete. Okay, well, so did I. Now that that's out of the way, 
it wasn't until I started to learn and understand the entertainment business. Then I realized that these professional entertainers' careers are short-lived, just like their wealth in most cases. You get the fame and celebrity status, but that's not indicative of to what your bank account looks like. And then your lifestyle has to change. Back to normality. You're no longer in demand. You're no longer remembered for the big play or big shot you made. Now everyone has to get to know you all over again. Let's face it. You're not the same as you were when you're home for two days at a time. Now you have to get to know your wife and kids all over again because the road will has changed you. Now you have to learn how to budget your household finances all over again because the frequency and the amount of money has changed. Life after fame. Was it all worth it? Without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hello? Hey, hey, I got my twin and my wife on the line. Let's, Let's talk about this. Um... Yeah, I'll let your twin start it off this week. All right, no problem. Um, is it worth the risk? And it's worth it. Um, I guess it depends on your perspective. I mean, we all have dreams and aspirations, and if you do have the God-given ability and talent that actually lands you in the NFL, NBA, or professional sports in general, um, I would say definitely it should be worth it because everybody doesn't get to make it. I think your mindset has to be once you get there, what do you do with it? And I think that's kind of where it really starts to come into play Um, because once you get there, you got to realize the status that you're going to take on, but also the responsibility that you're going to take on as well. Um, most of the people that do get there, I'm sure that that's probably the most money they've probably ever seen in their lifetime once they get there at that point in time. And then it's like, how are you with the money? How are you with that status? Um, what things do you do? Because uh, At the end of the day, when you're there, people put you on the pedestal. People will follow you. Uh, People will try to emulate you, do things um, like Odell Beckham. People started coloring their hair blonde because he did it, and he became a megastar as a wide receiver. So there are things that people will start doing because you do it because you're in that position. Is that how do you handle that? How do you handle the fame? How do you handle the responsibility? And how do you handle your money? Um, a lot of people sometimes, I don't say a lot of people, but I think sometimes people are put in the position where they end up spending all their money that they make in the pros, and then once they leave the pros, they're broke. Or you hear the stories that they hired an agency to handle their money while they were playing professional sports, and the agent took all their money. I never kind of understood that part because if you handled your money when you didn't have no money, I don't understand why you can't handle your money then. 
But I think it's just decisions that are made once they get to that point of being a professional athlete that ends up impacting them on the back end. Mhm. And I think even looking at it from a different perspective, you know, when when we um, as parents, you know, we put our children in little league football, little league soccer, and you know, little league everything, and, and then um, we see that they that they're good at it. Never mind if they like it or if they're having fun, but we see, oh, okay, they're a little bit good at it. You know, they could have just got lucky for one game, but we start to, you know, we start to push that on our children at, at very young ages. And so from a different perspective of, of when they get to the league or get to the professional sport, you know, we, it's it's kind of like we, we, we sold our children out. You know, we we've made our children become um, sort of a slave to the sport. So at five, we put them in you know gymnastics, and you know we make them even if they don't like it or they're tired, we make them stick with it and grind it out and and get good and better. And then we trust them to coaches, we trust them to you know the agencies, we trust them to all these people to represent them. And then um, you know they. At that, at, at some point, they lose the sense of their childhood because now they are working. Um, we've inadvertently made them a slave, and you know we haven't. We're not really taking the time to let them be a child and, and, and raise them. We're not educating them on budget and you know how they should manage their money and spend their money, and we're not. We're not teaching them any of the core values. We're not giving them a sense of work. You know, it's, it's they 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 worked. Um, and the unfortunate part of that is is that so many children not only um, do they not get the experience of a normal or as normal as can be childhood, they are at that point subject to different mistreatment and different types of abuse, be it sexual. Um, mental, physical, um, everything that, you know, they just become subject to um, a lot of different um, things that are beyond our control at that point. So that's that's just a little a different aspect on, you know, or I guess the early stages of, you know, um, children growing up to be a pro athlete. Now let's 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 take it back. <laughs> There's man to become a professional athlete. You know you're you're an elitist, if you will. You know, uh, I think it's like one every what five hundred or one every five thousand that make it to the professional level. But um, I, me personally. To agree with the Miz, it's like it's like you you're, you're you become a slave now. Yeah, a high price slave, but a slave. Like your name is no longer your name. They own everything about you. They can tell you whether or not to cut your hair, whether or not to stop coloring your hair, or whatever the case may be, because that's the image that they're selling. So, I mean, is it worth it? That's that's like my ultimate question. Yeah. You know, this may have been a a dream of yours, but you was playing football to have fun. 
you wasn't playing football to lose yourself or to um, anything else, you know? Right. And I think part of the problem is, is that, you know, somebody told you you were good, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, the, and the thing is, is as a kid, you know, yeah, you once you get to a certain age, you have the ability to think for yourself and decipher if you really like the sport, if you really enjoy the sport and and, um, and you're having fun and you want to pursue it um, in your high school and, you know, college years. But, you know, at some point when you were small and somebody told you you were good, your, your parents overheard it and it was like, you know, um, sometimes we as parents, we you know, we push our children in a direction that we want them to go um, and instead of, and of course, this, this what I'm about to say can be another topic, but we push them in a direction that we want to go instead of leaning on to God's plan for their life and praying and seeking guidance and, and pointing out um, other qualities that they may be good at. I think that, you know, if, if I was younger, um, I would definitely want somebody to tell me to pursue my passion. Um, you know, like I, I may be, you know, shoot, I may be good at football, you know, but, but that's not what my passion is. You know, my passion may be teaching children, but because there's more money in football than there is in teaching, you know, someone's telling me to, to you know, pushing me to play football. But, you know, so it's, it's like one of those things that we as parents sometimes do. And, and I know it's, it's hard because we want what's best for our children, but at the same time, um, you know, we forget that, you know, like our children are a blessing to us and, and that, you know, they have to walk the path that God laid for them already. I'm going to ask you this question real quick. Is it that we want what's best for our children or is it that we want to use our children as a way out of our current situation? I guess that depends on what kind of situation you're in. See, for me, you know, like, um, even I've always been, I grew up in a working class family. So every everybody, my grandma worked, you know, she worked from home, but she worked. And, you know, she, she didn't make a whole lot of money, but she worked. My auntie worked, my dad worked, my mom worked, my grandpa worked until he, you know, he actually you know, died a working man, you know, so he literally worked himself to death, you know, so when he started working, he, it was two weeks later, he passed away, so it's just one of those things that were for me, um, I can make my living working, I have no problem doing it, because I grew up that way, you know, um, I can't speak for other people in their situations, but some people don't, don't have that same drive, the same determination, or that same example to get up and go to work. And um, you make your money. It may not be a whole lot, but the money you do make, you make sure you be a good steward of it because, you know, God takes care of the rest, you know. Um, So some people may feel the need to have their child be their ticket out of the hood, their ticket out of the ghetto. If that works for them, then that's cool. But how much pressure are you putting on your child? to do what you should be doing. That's not, you know, like for, for our children, Michael, you know, he'll, he'll grow up and he can be, yeah, he can be the president of the United States. You, you won't, he won't buy my house. 
he may put me a you know a guest house on his lawn, or you know invite me to stay in that pool house or something. But I would never let my child spend money on a house for me, um, especially as long as I can afford something. It may not be, you know, to anybody else's standards. It'll be mine. But if I can afford to put myself in something, then I will. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that burden on my child. Um, some people are okay doing that. Sure. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and I, and I agree. I think it comes back to um, what is your purpose for wanting to put your child in the sports? And like I say, if your purpose is to look at your child as a meal ticket and put the whole family on their back to push them to eventually get them out of their situation, you're not doing it with good intentions to allow your child to get into sports. I mean, you shouldn't look at that as your ticket out. Um, but if your basis of putting the child in the sports is to get them active, help them learn some tools that they can learn through sports, how to overcome adversity, how to be a team player. I mean, there's some things they can still learn from doing it, but if that is your intention, great. But putting the burden on a child and then pushing them and kind of letting them know, yeah, the whole family's counting on you to get them out, that's too much pressure for any young person to bear. Uh, let alone throughout their whole matriculation through junior high, high school, and college. Um, that's a lot, and that's a lot of pressure that it shouldn't be. Like you all said, if you have the God-given gift and ability, it should be fun for them. You know, let them enjoy it throughout the process. Don't make it become a business for them before they even have time to really truly enjoy themselves and enjoy being a part of it. Um because going through that is a journey, and and throughout the journey, if you're supportive, loving, caring, and push them to whatever they aspire to be, like I said, maybe they don't want to do sports, but at least they can say they've tried it. I know when I was younger, I kind of wanted my parents to put me in sports. I sometimes ask them, why y'all never let me play football or basketball? And they always told me, well, you never had an interest. You know, as a young child, I didn't know what I liked or didn't like as a young child. So I was like, put me in anything. You know, uh, you don't know until you know. Um, And I think sometimes I wish they would have. I never knew, you know, what it could be. But evidently it wasn't in God's plans because if it was, God probably would have made a way for it to happen if that was it was meant to be. And um, I always focus it on that. You know, if, if it's meant to be for you to be in a certain place, God will allow that thing to happen eventually unless you make certain decisions that move yourself out of that particular way, then that thing won't happen for you. Yeah. I I agree. Agree 100%. Everybody is now they, everybody can't handle that pressure, right? Let alone a child. You got adults that can't handle that pressure of, of you know, put mom in the big house or get daddy a Cadillac or what have you. You know what I mean? So that could be the reason of the suicide rate of our athletes and, and you know, our prospective athletes. So it's, it's just like 
it's hard to, to really understand, like, why would you want? Now, I don't believe parents really say, you know what, I'm going to put you here so you buy me a house. I think, you know, the kid be like, Mom, I'm going to buy you a house. And when I when I make it to the league, and it's like, yeah, my baby gonna buy me a house, and he keep, or she keep repeating that to her, to her friends, and and now that's kind of like programmed in the boy's head, like you done sold his ticket, so now I gotta make make good on it, I gotta you uh-huh. know go pro so I can buy my mom a house now, you know, um, and sometimes you know that's sports is the only outlet we have in. In in ghetto America, if you will, you know that's our escape from from reality. That's our uh, a ticket to the next level of education. You know, we may not be able to afford uh, uh, college tuition, so we got to get this this athletic scholarship. Now, I tell my son, uh, I don't really breed athletes. I breed intellects. So if you get a scholarship, it will be in academics. You know what I mean? So why don't we push that more than we push athletics? Just my question. Um, You know, I, I think part of that... Multiple reasons. Um, I, I think part of that is, is we want to take the easy way, and it's it's easier to practice, and it's easier to to get on the field and 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 run a ball than it is to sit there and figure out fractions or you know word problems or to try and you know, solve equations, um, it's easier or it's, you know, it's easier to, to sit and, and stand in a couple hours and, and practice shooting hoops rather than it is to get in there and, and write a well-written, grammatically correct essay. Um, you know, so we, we kind of take the easy way out. And then, you know, we you when you look at the when you look at TV, um, you know, you see athletes with endorsements. You see athletes and you read about the contract and you read about how they were drafted and you read about the money that they're making. But what you're what you're not seeing is the people who look like us that are CFOs, the people who look like us that are doctors, the people who look at us like us that are pioneers, the ones who you know who actually built the first car. We're not seeing a lot of a lot of that. So um, I think that's the, kind of the, the second piece of it. You're absolutely right. I don't I don't know if, if you know too many people realize that Black Americans are the they hold the most PhDs in this country. You don't believe me? Do the research. So that that says something. That says that your your kid isn't limited to being an entertainer. And when I say entertainer, I'm I'm grouping singer, ball player, actor, all that in the same category. 
You can be you can be a doctor and buy your mama a house if that's mm-hmm. what it is, or or build that that extension onto your house. You know, have your mama come live with you, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But there's other avenues versus sports, and and the reason why I guess I'm I'm so hell bent because you have you entrust these people with your kids. Maybe it's daycare, or maybe you know whatever. But they may come off as though they have good intentions, but they may be actually, you know, uh, touching your child inappropriately. I read where there was a school where they were hazing and said, I'm going to Sandusky you. And if y'all know about uh, Sandusky from Penn State, um, y'all know that story. If not, you can look it up yourself. But that's not something you would want your child around. Like, ah, really? even with the um, you know, like the whole hashtag Me Too movement. But I mean, you know, when you look at the the gymnasts, and I was just actually watching today, um, the gymnasts that were molested, and these these girls got into gymnastics one when they were five and seven, and they were sexually molested. Um, and into their twenties, and and that's years. And the unfortunate part is is that their parents weren't educated enough about the sport, nor the business to understand that what these coaches were doing um, was wrong. Um, and so you know the young girls, of course, didn't speak up about it. But when they were molested, or you know when when the coach invited them over to, you know, do this, that, and the third for, you know, for the sport and then rewarded them with a full-body massage and sex, they they thought that they were special. And the girls who didn't get selected for that particular activity were upset about it. Um, and so I was watching one young lady said that she was in her 30s and had to have major pelvic reconstruction and you know when the doctor asked her after the surgery if she was ever molested she said no um that's because mentally she had no idea that she was being molested um and and that it was wrong her body did you know because she's been you know abused since you know she was young and um so the unfortunate part is, 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 as a parent, sometimes we, you know, we don't take the time to do the research or to educate ourselves on what we throw our children into, and we trust people with our kids. And then, you know, when the unthinkable happened to them, you know, you can't go back and and give their child and give your child innocence after they've been touched or molested or abused in such a way. It changes them forever. Oh, I agree. And, uh, but again, and you know, why, I guess my concern would be is, is why are we so trusting of others with our kids? You won't give nobody your checkbook and say, you know, hold my money until I come back because you think they're going to spend your money. But, you know, we quick to say, you know what, yeah, take my child and, and teach gymnastics and, you know, never mind the fact that you, you are a man that I've never met and I'm going to let you around my daughter and I'm going to drop her off here at practice and I'll pick her up whenever or you can bring her home. Like, what in our mind makes us 
think that that's okay. And that was my that was my question. You, know, you you already you know started like you know you have these travel teams and you just automatically trust the coach to take your kid off for a couple of few days and and it's okay, but you won't let you know your family member watch them because you know you heard stories about their weird uncle, but you're gonna let this mm-hmm. guy that you don't know. Take your kid off mm-hmm. and pay him off the pay yeah. and pay him. Yeah, I mean, even you know, even we we had a conversation back when you know that Michael, the Michael Jackson, you know, ac- accusers came out and uh, you know my stylist she asked me she said Did you let your child go to Michael Jackson like, hell no he ain't let my fucking kids I'm supposed to let my son go with Michael Jackson he got a whole Park, theme park in his backyard. If I live right next door, my child would still not go to Michael Jackson's house. He has no children. I'm not even going over there. I don't care if he is Michael Jackson. That just doesn't make sense to me. So how I don't even trust you as a person. How am I going to trust you with my child? You, you're a grown man with a damn theme park in the backyard. An animal. No. That's just me. You know, then you got the the situation, you know, with uh, Kevin. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't care who you are. You do not get access to my child. Can I know that was a little off topic, but I'm no, just saying, no, you know. No, no, nah. that makes sense. Twin, where you at? Come on, Doc, give us something. I don't have kids, but I'm definitely in agreement with Miss Twin on that one, Miss Quick on that one. I'm like, at the end of the day, we have to be more protective of our kids. And I think that some parents, if they find themselves that uh, overly trusting of a coach or something to per se, because people say, oh, well, this person to help your child get into a better college and help his skills, uh, to get a better scholarship, they're willing to say, go ahead. If it's going to help you in the long run, go right ahead and not even do no research, but just based upon word of mouth, if they feel mm-hmm. somebody tell them it's going to better their kid's skill set or help them get a scholarship of that, they're going to send their child off and not worry about anything. Um, and some people will send their kids off with people because maybe they want to, Say, oh, my child went to Michael Jackson's house and brag about that. I mean, it's it's almost to the point where it's like athletes get more attention because that's the cool thing to do. Intellects, they don't get that attention like that because their their acknowledgement doesn't come immediately. Most intellects acknowledgement comes later in life. Athletes get acknowledgement from junior high, high school, college. They're used to being the man in school, campus, wherever they're at. They're used to that attention, and they get that attention because they are an athlete. Intellects mm-hmm. have to wait too long. And, like, one of my coworkers told me this story. She said that all of her, I guess, her siblings would always get together and buy gifts for their nieces and nephews, and they would draw names. And this auntie always got her nephew 
stocks every year for Christmas. And all the other kids got toys and got everything they wanted, but she always bought him stocks and bonds every year for Christmas. He was upset about it as a young person, but now that he's grown, he's financially well off more than any of his other cousins because she bought him stocks every year for Christmas from a young man all the way to his adulthood. He didn't appreciate it then, but he appreciates it now. And now he's mm-hmm. financially well off, financially able. People would have thought, oh, man, I wouldn't want your gift when you were younger because, you know, you don't get that immediate satisfaction or immediate attention or people wanting to come play your games because you don't have that. You just have a stock. But now everybody look at him, and they're jealous of him because now he got the money, and he don't need the toy. He can buy whatever toy he wants to now. So it's just all about that perspective and how you look at things. Man, I wish I would have got stocks. I got socks. <laughs> I did too. Listen, listen. My feet stayed warm. I was in Florida. They stayed warm. Ain't nobody, and ain't nobody want to play with them either. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. We we find everybody want instant gratification. Everybody want right now. You know, we want the money. We want the fame right now. And it, and truthfully, it's all a, a false sense of reality because. Yeah, it sounds good. Oh, he signed for ten million, but only you know fifty thousand guaranteed. Everything else is is contingent upon you know however many yards or whatever. So we we put these athletes in 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 high regard when actuality, you know, some of them work at at McDonald's until they get their big contract. Because truthfully, you know, fifty thousand over a year. Isn't a lot of money. Not to mention, if you haven't educated me on how to manage my money, uh, I just got a big contract, only fifty thousand in the bank. I go buy big. Come on, we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. But truthfully, I see a lot of these athletes. They couldn't watch my kids, let alone, you know, Michael Jackson. Y'all around here with with, with tight clothes on, short clothes on, and no, nah, bro, that don't even no, yeah, uh, no, no. Not the same message I'm trying to give my son. So, me, my wife will tell you. Every place we went, our son went with us. It was no dates. It was it was family outings. We just talked over him like he wasn't sitting there. But every place we went, he, we took him with us. Because we're not just going to entrust anybody with our child. Period. I think that, you know, sometimes we, we, we forget, you know, and um, it's, it's one of those things where we, someone may ask you, you know, like, what's the most precious gift you've ever gotten? Um, you know, and even even people who have children or, you know, uh, their first answer would not be my children or my husband. It would be, 
you know, uh, Marine or, you know, the most special gift I've ever gotten was from my great granny or, you know, some type of family family heirloom. But, you know, for me, uh, it's one, it's, it's, it's my children, you know, because they're the gift that is given to me to watch over and raise. You know, my husband, I, I, somebody want to watch him, they, they can't even handle him, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you know, but if somebody do something or to my children, you know, like, they can't defend themselves. You know, I and agree. and they can't even, you know, they, most of the time, you know, they, they won't tell you. You know, you have to figure Figure it out, and that takes years. And unfortunately, at some point, it's too late. So, you know, people don't think like that. I know you're absolutely right. I know when it comes to, you know, to your point, you know, I don't trust everybody with my family. You know, that's my precious gift. You dig? So. I'm I'm gonna hold on to that like it's fragile. Period. My relationships. That those are the things that we gotta hold hold value to versus uh these people we see on television. Because think about it, they're put in place as influencers to get us to dye our hair, to wear small clothes or tight clothes to, you know, do things that we wouldn't normally do, but because I want to be uh, all pro wide receiver like him, I'm going to do the things and say the things and kind of act the way that he does. Now, they want, that's because powers that be, they're the ones behind it that says do this, do this, and don't do that. You have a lot of black Americans or that want to kneel during the national anthem, but won't because the powers that be said that they can't. Can't is hard to fathom because that's part of our constitutional right. But because your owner says you can't, you don't. Now, that's not only black Americans, but it's other players as well who wants to do so, but can't because Master said that I can't. Can somebody agree mm-hmm. with me? I I agree. Yeah, agree. So yeah. so and I and I think that there there's a you know there's a difference, right? You know, when you're in a position of that magnitude and, and you signed a contract, um, you know, they tell you you can't. You literally can't because it affects your livelihood in such a way that you, you know, you may enjoy the game or did enjoy the game at some point, but you kind of live in fear so that you don't mess up what you got so you don't go back to where you work. And I think that that fear tactic portion of um, 
pro athlete and what makes it comparable to slavery? Because, um, you know, it's not like you have a corporate job and, you know, they, you know, they pay you, you know, when you can't pray before you eat your meal, well, guess what? I'm going to go ahead and apply, um, you know, X, Y, Z, and, and y'all can have that. You know, you can you can leave one corporation and go to another easily. But when you, you get into this um, pro world, it's, it's hard for you to live a normal life when you, you know, after that. You know, especially if you've been blackballed for whatever reason. I mean, you know, you look at Colin Hacker, for example. Now he is making a living, but it's you know, it's it's harder for him now than it was before he was a pro pro baller. So I think that that comparison is is what I don't know. That's my opinion. That comparison is is why it can be compared to slavery. Well, even if you're familiar with the combine, it's it's the same, right? They they slap you around just like on slave years a slave. They slap you around. They look at the strength. They look at the talents, and say, "Hey, I'll give you, you know, a thousand dollars for him. He's a good one, you know." So I I see what you're saying, but I I, I see that a little different, like the overall picture. And it is, to me, it looks like a form of slavery. Anytime you can trade a man or give a man away, a free man, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's no longer free. He's contractually yours. But anytime you can give a man away or trade a man to someone else, you have another owner. Ah. No slavery. Twin, That's what you think about? What you, I, I hear you, Miss Quick. Twin, what you think about that? I, I I do agree. I mean, it's very similar. And even when I watch the combine, I kind of think on those levels too. Uh, if you ever seen a movie or seen anything where they depict it, where they're standing there and they get the rub, touch, feel on you, see how much muscles you got. I mean, the combine is really just. A, a modern day form of it um, mm. and looking at it from that perspective and just how the league is shaped it's shaped as owners and your players and I think I read a report that you know 70% of the athletes in the NFL specifically is black but there's a race issue going on in the NFL of course between you know not having as much head coaches and things of that nature that are of minority uh, representation. Um, I just believe that in context with, like you said, with Colin Kaepernick and things that you do that can affect your money, I know that pro athletes are in a different realm because at the end of the day, it's just like working for a corporation. It's just that they're just publicized on national TV every day. While, uh, well, people who do work in corporate America, y'all are not on the screen or not being visible to the public. But I'm sure there's similar rules, similar rules that go on in many corporations where they don't allow you to do this. They're very strict in how you wear your hair and how you dress. Mm-hmm. And you're answering yes, sir. 
You know, because at the end of the day, like pro athletes, you're trying to maintain your livelihood, maintain for your family and things of that nature. And if you're not blackballed even by corporate America, you can get blackballed just like you can in the NFL where they can say, oh, yeah, go through the whole industry. Oh, they don't want to hire them. They're not good. This, And then you're blackballed out your whole industry, and then you're starting from ground zero trying to figure out what's next, what can I do, what shall I do to provide for my family. Um, only difference is pro athlete, hopefully if they're smarter with money, they might have some more in the bank than maybe you may have unless you're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, so, you know, although we have the forms of that, uh, pro athlete wise, I think there's a lot of forms of that going on still in corporate America today. We just get to see theirs publicly on TV more than we get to see other stuff going on. Yeah, I can, I can see that. But that doesn't change the fact that how can, I mean, ah, bro, you, you can tell me. Like let's say wrestling, pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. This guy has ownership of your name. There was a wrestler had to sue for her government name back. She had to sue for her government name, bro. When you actually when you come on another level. <laughs> There are certain things that you have to be mindful of. Ain't nobody coming for my likeness and name because it ain't worth as much as uh, a Colin Kaepernick, uh, a Ric Flair, um, things of that nature. I mean, their name means something to a lot of people. If you, if you are into wrestling or into certain sports, you've probably heard those names before. And depending on the contract you sign with certain companies, they can't own your likeness and things of that nature. Um, even in some employment contracts with insurance companies, they got non-compete clauses, meaning that if you work for this company, you got to wait a whole year for you can work with a competing insurance company. It's almost a form of black ball because they kind of keep you tied to that company. Mm-hmm. For a whole year. Mm-hmm. There's some non-compete clauses in contracts that, we sign even insurance industry specifically that they have non compete clauses where they prevent you from going to certain companies if you're released from that job or quit that job. They hinder you. And that's a form of keeping your name, your likeness, your position and everything, keeping you really stuck. Form of slavery, ownership. Mm. Well, so I guess the question of, of this hour that's approaching is, is it worth it? Is it worth that sacrifice or that risk? No. Um, no. For, I mean, from the aspect of, you know, when we're talking about the the children, you know, at a very young age, um, getting them into sports and to where they become – an adult and then fully for me as a parent, no, it wouldn't be worth it. Um, not only for, you know, the the type of slavery, you know, or the type of ownership or the type of contract that they may have signed to get there, but the the fact that you have to live your life out in public and, 
you know, for everyone to judge you and that affects you, um, no, that ain't worth it. Because other people, for me, other people's opinion of me don't matter. Um, but when you are in the, I guess, the, the spotlight like that, it, it begins to take a toll. And, and like, you know, I think, husband, you had said it earlier, that's, that's one of the contributing factors to um, suicide. Because they, you know, you haven't, you haven't been able to, to teach them how to handle um, criticism more or less. You haven't really been able to teach them how to be who they are. Um, so for me, no, it's not worth it. Twins, is it worth it? Um, I would say it can be worth it. Um, it depends for me. It depends on really the foundation. Um, what foundation do they have? And if they have a good foundation, whether it's home support team, um, people that are just gonna love you for you, correct you, no matter what. You know, they can view you doing sports and things of that nature as something you enjoy to do, but don't look at it as you're my meal ticket or you're going to be the one to get us out there, but say, hey, you can enjoy doing this, but if you act up, if you start thinking you're bigger than everybody, oh, we'll pull you out of sports because that's nothing. If you can keep the person grounded and keep a foundation that – this is just something you do as an activity, but it's not something that's your livelihood, and it's not something that uh, makes you better than anybody. It's just something that you do. I think if you give them the right foundation, um, they can. It can be worth it um, in the end because at the end of the day, if you give them that sure foundation, um, even the Bible says, you know, train a child in the way that they should go. When they go, oh, they would not depart from it. If you give them a strong foundation, you know, they're going to have tests and trials, whether they're pro athlete or a normal person, it's going to come. Um, but if they have a foundation where they can handle those adversities that come, and they have a foundation where they know they have some real true people that no matter what their status is, they're going to tell them the truth no matter what, no matter how high or whatever status they get, I think it can be worth the risk. For me, I think um... – Because I don't like the, the 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 whole concept of ownership, I would say I would say no. I'm, and I'm not I'm not good with the risk either because I got to really like I'm gonna have to quit my job to go to every event as a kid to make sure that you're good. You know I'm I'm saying that every practice with my you know ebook or whatever to make sure that. Everybody, you know, keeping everybody honest, you know, um, all that type of stuff. So I'm gonna say no. For me, it, it's, it's not. Now, to your point, you you definitely once you do make it, you got to keep your 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 true circle around you. You know, you got to keep your 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 foundation setters around you, meaning. You gotta have those people that's gonna say, "Hey, bro, that's not like you. You was raised better than that." You know, that type of situation to keep 
to keep you honest, right? With, with who you are and keep your integrity intact, if you will. So I think that um, mm, I, I really don't see it personally. Um, so what if your child come to you and say, hey, I want to be a professional athlete. I want to be on television or, or not even, not only athlete, I'm going to say entertainer. You know, it can be singer, it can be dancer, it can be whatever. What's your, your conversation like, uh, Miss Quick? Uh, why? You know, you, you, you want to be an actor. You want to be, like, why? What, what intrigues you about being an actor? You know, memory skills? Like, I, I need to know, you know, what, what they see when they see an actor. Um, because if, if, if all you see is money, then that's definitely the wrong reason. If you see, you know, if they see an opportunity to um, impact and change people's lives, then okay. You know, um, we we could talk about it, but um, I I dig deeper to try and understand like, which part of the pro athlete or which part of the um, entertainment business do you like? Which draws you to it? You know, because at that point it could be something, be something, something else. You know, they may see the pictures. Well, just because you like the picture. Don't mean you need to be an entertainer. You may need to be the one behind the camera. You know, you may have the talent to be the photographer, not the artist. Um, so I, I'd ask a lot of questions. You know, like I tell you, man. You know, kids. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that kids don't know what they want. Some of them do. But I tell you, I was crazy enough to almost buy a son a horse when he was two and three years old. You know, he was asking for a horse. Mama, I want a horse. You want a horse. You know, my dumb self, you know what? I'm going to get you a horse. You know, nothing about horses. Ain't got nowhere to put a horse. Don't even know where where to buy hay to feed. Well, you know, so not even knowing anything about it. You know, just off the top of my head trying to figure out cars. Well, I got a horse, and then I got a Find a stable, and then I gotta pay for food. Well, find a stable, I gotta pay for shopping. So it's like he sees the horse, but here I am, you know, looking at the the bigger picture and understanding all of the stuff that comes with it. You know, and it was like, okay, let me bring myself back down to earth. I ain't getting this boy no dog on horse, you know. But it's one of those things where kids say they want something, so we gonna jump into it and go get it. Not fully, you know, not stopping to take the time to think that, you know what, what do you like about that? You see the horse, what do you like about the horse? You know what I'm saying? Um, those are the conversations and the questions that we need to be asking um, when when they come out with these outrageous things that they want to be. Now, they, they may know, you know, right up front, you know, I want to... I want a horse. Well, they may want to be a damn veterinarian. They don't mean they see you need to go buy them a horse. That just means, you know, they they may want to deal with animals. Who knows? Um, But I think that 
if your child is smart enough to say want something, I think we have to be smart enough to understand what aspect um, they they like or what aspect of whatever they're asking for they're drawn to. Okay, I can dig that. Swear. I agree. I mean, that's the, uh, the basis of it is asking the question why to see what is drawing them to say what they're saying that they have or showing an interest into. And then also, like she said, you know, it's up to the parent to look at the bigger picture. Okay. You like this particular thing. Uh, you like playing, you say you want to play football or want to play basketball. You know, why, why do you want to run track? You can better say, well, I, I can run fast or I feel like I'm good with my hands. I catch everything. Okay. That was a good reason. Okay. Let's see what you can do. You know, um, is those things where they can be more, a kid will be more just general and say they want to do this, but then it's up to the, like I said, the adult to kind of hone in and see exactly, okay, what path might this be? Let me take you to a game or let me see what you, you know, take you to this, take you to uh, the area where you're showing the interest at to see what may draw you a little deeper uh, into that particular interest. Um, and also, like you say, you know, if you have an interest in movies or interest in sports, maybe you're not supposed to be the actor or the actress. Maybe you need to learn the business side of it. And maybe you want to be the director or maybe you set up playing a play on the team. Maybe you want to own your old team or be a general manager of a team. Um, so like I said, it's all dependent on the avenues. Are you someone who wants to be on the field or in the game? Or are you someone that wants to be running the whole organization and watching the game and enjoying it in that particular aspect? Um, but like I said, always start with the why and then hone in from there and just uh, kind of navigate their journey into their, their interest that's pulling at them. I, I I agree. Now, I know growing up, you asked me why. I'd be like, you know what, never mind. I don't even want to do it no more just because I ain't about to go through this whole interview process. But you're absolutely right. You start with the question, why? You know, and find out exactly, like my twin said, you know, uh, what about it that you want? Because uh, maybe uh, you just love the game and not necessarily being on the field. You know, the men's has also made, made it clear, <laughs> hey, we need to iron this thing, that, iron it out to come to bring it to a head. My son said, Daddy, I want a dog. All right, cool. Daddy, can we get a dog? All right, cool. Daddy, We'll get a dog. All right, we'll go get a dog. I woke him up in December. It was snowing. I said, son, come here. He said, sir. I said, look out there. He said, what you see? He said, a lady walking her dog. But it's snowing. I said, yes, son. Dogs piss and shit. Even when it's snowing, you would have to take it out. He said, daddy, I don't want it. So he wanted, but he didn't want the responsibility. So we may want, these kids may want horses, <laughs> but don't know what all they, they come with. They may want to be a pro player, but lazy and don't want to get out and go practice. So that may not be the avenue for them. You, you want to go up and, and, you know, walk somebody's dog here and there or pet a horse or watch a game, but being there in the game may not be the move for you. Period. People don't realize the work ethic that 
it takes to become that elite uh, player or entertainer. Yeah, my son said he got bars. Daddy, I got bars. Ooh, son. Uh, yeah. You might need to say them bars and make it to build a prison or something because you rapping, bro, ain't going to work for you. That's the reality. So, Miss Quick, after he tells you, well, Mom, I just want to... Uh, I just, I just really want to be a wide receiver or being a pro, pro ball player because the girls or because of the money. How do you curb that conversation? Uh, hold on, just a little bit longer. You, you can get girls without all that. <laughs> you, know, you handsome enough, you, you'll get them anyway. Don't even worry about that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my honest answer. Uh, you know. But again, it's okay. So you want to be a wide receiver? Then, then let's 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 get you enrolled in football and see how you like it. You know, let's just see how you like it. You know, I said true story. Last last year, so I want to play football. All right, now don't get me wrong. He, you know, he he's a sizable kid. So there's there's no concern. You know, like like obviously there's a little concern, but when it comes to to size and being able to hold his own and being able to 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 take a tackle, he could take it. He he could give it too. Um, Gray started slipping a little bit, so it was like, okay, we didn't we about to sign you up for football, but guess what? As soon as your grades start slipping, as soon as you know, as soon as you you get lazy with it, or as soon as you don't want to wake up, you know, you you're done. You know, um, we, we pull you out because, you know, academics comes first. Well, he got, you know, well, I, I know, you know, I'm not doing this, that, and the third, but please don't take football away from me. I love it. You know, and he was, he got up in the morning, he went to a 6 o'clock workout, and, you know, he was doing it. And am I right, husband? You're right. All summer. Surprise He was, uh-oh, hold on. Can you hear me? Yes. All summer, you know, we took him, got up, took him to his practices. He was he was doing it, loving it. Guess what happened? He 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 go to school, get a little girlfriend. He play one game, you know, and then he says, "I don't like this. I need to focus on my schoolwork." What? We just spent, you know, forget all the money, but all this time getting up at six o'clock and. All the work and effort you put in, and and it boiled down to I don't like being hit. I don't like the sport. I don't like taking a hit. I don't like giving a hit. I just I don't you know I I don't have fun with it. And so it was one of those things where he thought that because he was working out and he had the you know the I guess the experience of of teamwork and the you know, the, I guess, brotherhood sort of connection, um, it was a whole different ball game when you actually got out there on the field and got in the game and you figured out you didn't like it. So it was one of those things where they say they want to try something. Yeah, okay. You know, have a conversation with them, find out, you know, ask a whole lot of questions, make sure they understand, then let them try it. 
you know, because, you know, not not everything is what it's cracked up to be. Everything that glitter ain't gold. Everything is good for you, good to you. Well, good to you ain't good for you. You know, like all those things that older folks say, you know, that is true. Okay. Twin. Daddy, I'm gonna get the girls and I'm 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 gonna get me a million dollars, get a Bentley and a gold grill. That's why I wanna be a, 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 a entertainer. Well, um <laughs> I mean if 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 that's the basis of you want to be an entertainer is the gold grill and get to a Bentley, our question would be what if you what if it don't come? What if you don't make that roll to get your grill? What if you don't make that roll to get your Bentley or what if it takes too long for it to come? Will you stay? Will you stay committed to it? Because the things that you're doing it for are are really not certain things that 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 can that can last a long time. You, you based in your your want to do this on something of a grill in the car. You know, if so, if that's the basis of it, there's really no internal passion in my mindset that you really want to do this. But, like you say, if they want to do it, okay, well, I'll have them, okay, well, what does it take to be what you want to be? I'll make them do research on it. Find out what find out what people do. If you want to be an actress or actor, who's your favorite actor or actress? Research them. Find out what all they had to do to get where they are, how long it took for them to get where they are today. You see them now, but how long did it take for them to get to this point now to be where they're at? Research that person, and and we'll have a conversation about your research, and we'll talk about it and be like, okay, it took them how many years to land a leading role to make money enough, as as my son or daughter would say, to buy the grill and to get the Bentley? It took them 10 years. Are you willing to work for 10 years without getting your grill and Bentley? And still be happy, because if you're not, then this might not be the path you want to take. <laughs> but if you want that immediate, if you want that immediate, you know, satisfaction, you know, sometimes that's not always the case in entertainment. You got to get to a lot of no's before you get to a lot of yes. Before you get that one yes by yourself, are you willing to deal with the rejection? Are you willing to go through that process and put your heart out there and your work into it just to get a no at the end of the day? You know, it ain't just, you know, on TV, it looks good. You see you see the end result of where they are. But when you're starting from, <laughs> from the starting line, you know, let's talk about what all it's going to take for you to get that grill and that Bentley and see if you still want it. Just like you do with your son. You see all you might have to do for your dog if you really want it. And sometimes when they look and see, ooh, I got to do all that? Mm-hmm. I think I might think of something else. And, and sometimes you got to have that conversation. Let them put the work in. Because if they do the research and, you know, sometimes doing the research and putting the work in by itself, they may realize, man, it's a lot of stuff just to get there. It is. 
And that's a, that's how you, I guess, find out exactly truly. Are you passionate about it for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons? If it's the wrong reasons, I don't think it's going to be the right path for you to take. You know, it's it's funny because I was um well there was this R and B group that they were doing an interview about ten years ago. Now I wanna say they had like multiple Grammys, like multiple nominations, you know what I mean? And they still say that they took singing lessons, voice coaching and all that. And I'm like, like, damn, like still, but that's the reason why they're still, uh, relevant to this day. So it's, it's just, it's it's funny that, that nobody want to put in the work for, for longevity. So if you just want to get this grill, you want to get this girl, you want to get this Bentley. All right. Uh, <laughs> what, what's next? You say, now if you say that, I, I become a pro ball player, I can use that platform to to talk about slavery or to use it as a platform for a greater good. Now, I may be inclined to say, oh, son, I like that. You know, maybe I'll be at your games with a Black Fist jersey on or something. You, you know what I mean? Like something to support your mission versus it just being about trinkets. Essentially, that's what it's about, trinkets. So if your child came to you with a mission, with a plan, would you be for him to play to become a professional entertainer? Yes, I would. If if they have a plan and we definitely sit down and talk about their plan and and then it becomes on the parent. You know, if they're willing to invest that much time to actually make a plan, then I'll invest some time to actually research and find some ways to start that journey for you and then see, you know, if you're really, truly committed to it or find someone who maybe in the area that you can even sit and talk to and maybe mentor, but I will find them, you know, vet them definitely, but also want to be there, you know, when they talk to you and things of that nature. So you can get some insight uh, from someone who's in the business and see if you're still interested, you know, do those, do those beginning works of it, you know, that you talk to people, you know, have people that you take you to places, take you to some live plays um, on stage and be with you to talk to the actors and actresses afterwards to see how long they've been doing it and to see if there's something you still love to do. You know, I think doing those little small things and seeing if they're still passionate as you're continuing to go along doing those things, we'll kind of let you know how much time, energy, and effort to keep investing. Um, if they're still wanting more and investing more, then I'll invest as much as they invest. Dig that. Ms. Quick? Do, do they get to be a pro ball player? If they come to me with research? 
Is that the question? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Let's go ahead. Take that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I was just. I was just making sure. Um. Yeah. I mean. You know, it's if it's if it's their passion, um, then then obviously, you know, I, we pray about it and and make sure that that's the path or that we're at peace with with that direction. And if that's the case, then you already know we that's how we move. But I will tell you this: if if it's pro ball or you know some type of, of being in the, being in the industry, um, then my job goes because you know I go where they go until they become men and they can take care of themselves. There there are no meetings with door closed. There are no flights by yourself. There are no hotel rooms by yourself. There is no one. You know, no car coming to pick you up to take you on a set. You know, like there is none of that. So if if that's what it's gonna be, then I'm your mom. I'm your manager until I hire somebody. You know, I'm your assistant. I'm I become it. Um, obviously, that's that's the sacrifice that I would have to be willing to make in order to you know help my children fulfill their dreams. I can dig that. I'm I'm not a. <laughs> hey, listen. You coming to me with a game plan? We are gonna go ahead and, and 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 put it in, put it in effect. But just like like you said, we gotta adjust some things because you would not be be touring or traveling with this guy just because he played pro, pro ball at some point in his life. I'm sorry, just. I don't trust you enough. I don't know you enough to take my kid away from me. So we're going to sit there together, have a conversation together with with doors open. And if doors closed, I'm sitting there with a pistol in my hand. We're going to have this talk and make sure we'll keep everybody honest because you cannot just entrust anybody regardless of your child's dreams just with, with, with your child. You know what I mean? Like, think about all mm-hmm. these these Disney stars who was molested because they mm-hmm. were, you know, on screen or, or in another place shooting without their parents there. And some of them was there trusted with their agent, and their agent was selling them off. Mm-hmm. Selling them off. I mean, even even being overworked and and under and underfed or malnourished or whatever, you know, it's you know, there's no balance. You know, they they go hard, you know, all day long, um, which. You know, again, that that's something that that's gonna be it's gonna be managed and controlled. And you know, for me, I don't care who you are. When I say they're going to bed, they're going to bed. Um, right. And I think that you know we 
you know, we have to be able to, you know, as parents, one of our jobs is to be able to teach them how to to know their limitations, you know, and to know that they're in control of what they do. Um, and at any point, be able to walk away from anything. You know, don't be so emotionally invested into something where it has a hold on you and you can't walk away. Because at that point, there's a problem. Um, So for me, it's like, you know, yeah, I want to do this, but but what you won't get me to do is to sacrifice who I am in order for it to happen. You know what I'm saying? So... um, I'm in a position where I want to I want to do this, but I can walk away if you say you know like if I tell you I I can give you eight hours and you're telling me I got to give you twelve and I'm, all I got is eight, you know I I can walk away from that job because you know if I'm telling you my boundaries I'm telling you my limits, you know and you can't accept that then then that's not this this particular movie isn't for me. Um, so it's about teaching them, you know, to know their limits so that they're always in the position where where they can make the choice. Okay. So movie. Now this your child is here with this movie and he gotta he gotta sit on Santa Claus lap in this movie. Are are we okay with that or are we like, nah? No, nah, he ain't going to be that kid. He's going to be the kid that just walk up and, you know, give us a high five and keep it pushing. Uh, how are we going to play that? Because the reason why I'm asking, because certain certain jobs have certain requirements. Like you said, you know, you may have to shoot 12 hours, and you may only be able to eat an apple or a banana. Are, are we snatching? No, you ain't none of my kids sitting on Santa Claus last. Excuse me, our kids. <laughs> even if you, even if you did agree to to let them sit on Santa Claus lap, no, they're not sitting on Santa Claus lap. Twin, twin, we snatching them out, so we gonna let them shoot. I'm going to have to survey the land <laughs> see what the heck is going on. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at the set. I'm going to have to be like, okay, now, how far are you sitting on that knee? <laughs> where where the going to be at? You know, it got to survey the land. And, and, and anything out of order, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the one saying, I don't care if you're the director, not director. I'm yelling, cut, come here, let's roll. You know, it's one of those situations how nothing's going to compromise my child and nothing's going to compromise me as a parent. Uh, I'm protecting mine. And and I'm not going to let no industry or nobody overtake or do anything uh, that will affect or impact somebody that's a part of me. No. See, me, I'm, it's going to be a whole new meaning to cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Can you imagine that? Uh, you want him to do what? Say, no, say, let me call my husband. They have to do it. He can be in the line. He can be in the line. Right, right. right. He's going to be 
you gotta be that kid in line, you know, with the lids and the cookies. Like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. My 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 dad mm-hmm. said I can't sit on your lap. <laughs> but I can be the next right. person in line. Catch a camera shot. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm gonna smile real big. No, Jack. But but that's 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 the whole thing, man. Like we gotta make sure that we maintain who we are. Like we won't like I said, we won't let family members uh have our kids sleep over there because, you know, he's the, the son is touched or or something ain't right, but we'll go off and let them train with their stranger all day and half the night, you know, without asking what's going on or or how are you feeling or why are you walking funny? Oh, that's they must have trained hard. Only to find out twenty years later that they was molested. I think that uh, I find an issue with that, man. I find an issue with that. How are you so consumed with hopes and possibilities that you're not concerned with your child right now? You hit it right on the head. You hit it right on the head. How are you going to be concerned about the future and almost like bragging, oh, my child made it, my child going to get us out of this situation that no matter what state they come in, you forget to be the parent and check on them and say, how are you doing? Is this too much for you? You know, you don't care about what they're going through at that time or through that process. All you think about is what is to come. But at the end of the day, when everything is stripped down, they still your child. And at the end of the day, you need to ask questions on a daily basis. Even every day when I came home from school, my mom used to always ask me, how was your day? How was everything? You know, we would sit down and have a conversation, you know. And I think if that situation happens with they're doing movies, staying out late, you know, I would hope the parent would be on the set or at least around the set and not just letting them be at the, be there doing their work and not being around there with no supervision. But I think you would still have to ask your child because every parent should know their child, you know. My mama tell me that all the time. Okay, I know y'all. Y'all my children. I know exactly how you act. I know your mood swings. I know when everything happens. Like I'm mama. I, I know that. I knew you. Basically. So, you know, you know, parents should, should be able to know their child enough that they can tell a shit. And and be able to say, hmm, something just don't look right, feel right. Something just ain't right. Come here. And let's have a conversation. So, like I say, even if your child gets to that point, don't ever forget you're still the parent. You're still mama. You're still daddy. No matter how high they get, how much money they get, how much success they get, you're still the parent at the end of the day. Miss Quick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't don't be so concerned on, on the future, you know, that you forget the right now. I mean, you know, if I'm looking and, and checking, you know, eyes daily, you know, for any and everything. You know, when I'm getting in the car and they upset, what's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? And I'm gonna keep asking. I'm, you know, you. Can, I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna ask twenty or thirty times in forty or fifty different ways. It, you know, it doesn't even matter because when, you know when I know there's something wrong with you, 
you know, you're going to tell me, and you're going to tell me before the sun go down, because tomorrow may be too late. I'm going to need to know right now. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you pay attention to the right now. You know, if you come home with a, with a limp, why are you living? Straight up. I ain't, I ain't, you know, can't take no chances. Well, I know for me, you know, I asked, you know, and I and when I asked the question, I checked the tone of, of the response, you know. I just simply asked, how was your day? And he says, well, oh, good, no issue, meaning there's nothing I need to know about. And he was like, you know, if there was some hesitation, now we got to sit down and have a conversation. If there was something other than the norm, we need to have a conversation. Now, the missus, on the other hand, she want to know what you ate. She want to know, you know, how many times your shoes came untied. She want to know everything, you know, or why it took you 49 steps to get the math today, and yesterday it took you 53. Like, she wants to know full detail. And that's great. That is great. Because I know that she know everything. She know everything. So when when you sit down and have these conversations, you got to make sure that right now it's still intact. Meaning ain't nothing outside the norm. Ain't, ain't nothing broken along the way. Because if it's broken right now, it's going to be destroyed tomorrow or two weeks from now or what have you. It's going to be destroyed if it still exists. Y'all follow that? Or did I did I kind of get a little too deep for y'all? Oh, no, you good. Oh, you know, I have that, that tendency to know. You know. <laughs> But I mean, it's but it's it, it really that whole that whole thing about you know the girl the gymnast that that bothers me, man. Because you know I have people who play pro ball, well, who, who children want to play ball or playing ball, and they just entrust the coach after a, a simple hello, hey, how you doing? You know, or I played for so and so, I'm this, I'm that. Okay, well. Yeah, my kid can go with you because you go teach him how to play ball. Not knowing that he may have a situation where he uh, was funneling a kid while he was trying to hike the ball. Who knows? But you don't know the whole story. You just look at their accolades. You just look at, you know, the amount of money they're worth. And you just trust them all. That bothers me, man. I'm sorry, Miss Quick. Please talk. No, I mean, I, I I'm on. I agree with you 110. percent It 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 bothers, you know, to hear. And again, just listening to these ladies talk about just their experience, and even when they spoke about, you know, competing at such a high level, you know, the question they asked the question was like, what is your what was the experience? And competing at such a high level And she said the experience was abusive um, She talked about You know how 
there were certain things that she couldn't eat. Um, she talked about how they had restrictions on the way she wore her hair, how long her hair could be, um, hair, I mean, nails and size and clothes and things that she could and could not say. Um, they critiqued her smile, you know, the words that she spoke um, or didn't, you know. Um, they, she talked about how many hours they trained during the day um, and, and at night. She talked about things that she could and could not do even when she wasn't, you know, in, in a competition or um, in the gym. Um, and then, of course, she talked about the, the calories that they monitored, you know, she, she was on a 1,000 calories per day diet. Man, I could eat a thousand calories in a meal. I'm just saying, in one meal. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Right. You know, so it's just she said that competing at a high level, and these ladies, they were pro. They went. They they did compete in the U.S. Olympics and stuff. Um, but it, the competition and itself, and and the requirements, they were abusive. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that about pro ball players because obviously I don't know. These ladies were gymnasts. Um, But, again, I would think that the same type of of training and the same type of um, discipline to some effect, it's it's still there. You have to have a standard. So, you know, for me, no, I'm not putting my kids, you know, if if my children want to do anything athletic or sports related, then the first and foremost, they're gonna have fun. And if it's not fun for them, whether it's the business part of it that's made it unfun, or the actual sport, um, if it if it stops being fun and they stop enjoying what they do, then then they get out of it. Uh- my son wanted to be. He we wanted to put him in Boy Scout or some one of those little little jumps. And we go to this to this troop leader house. And I mean, he it it just it did look right. It oh, didn't Lord. feel right. Mm-hmm. It was just all all bad. Like we don't order the uniforms. It's like you know what? Nah. Nah, nah, we he ain't doing this. Maybe we could have found someplace else. But as a parent, when you have that feeling, you got to believe it. We got that 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 idea, that thought. You have to believe it because later on, he may not, you know, he may not tell you or. He'll tell you, but it's too late. But you had that feeling before that you didn't follow through with. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't act on it. So, my question is, like, how they didn't get the feeling from these, this, this, this coach? Um, from from what the ladies were saying is is that that, that their parents. Well, I don't know if, how they didn't get the feeling, honestly, but they they were so 
uneducated about the whole system and, and all the process processes that were included um and they relied on the expertise of the coaches to, you know, of course train and get their daughters where they need to be. They they believed that everyone who surrounded them were doing the right thing. Um and so, you know, and then the the girls they, they weren't telling about the, you know, different types of sexual acts that was happening. They didn't they didn't speak of it. So the that's the unfortunate part. Um, again, for me, like, you know, shit, I, I don't care if you can teach my son how to do a damn uh, backflip off somebody else's leg. You know, like <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna leave him here to would you? I don't know you. I'm not going. You know, it's not a situation where if I'm hungry, I'm I'm a starve until they're done. You know, that's just that's just what it is. Um, because again, once you know, once somebody does anything that violates your child in any capacity, that's something that you can't walk back from. You yeah, know, absolutely. you they will never be able to walk back from. So for me, it's like we we not even gonna take a chance. You know, there you don't need to take my son to the bathroom. And you know, I tell you, my my three year old he complains all the time about you know going to the girls' bathroom with me. Well, you know, when your daddy's not with us, you're not going. You're not going to the boys' bathroom because you can't go in there by yourself, and I can't go in there with you. You know, um, shoot, I. Teenager, he went to the girls' bathroom with me until he was nine or ten. Yeah, sure did. I made sure there were no ladies in there before I took him, but I took him. And then when he started going to the men's bathroom, he didn't. It wasn't that I sent him to the bathroom and I went to the bathroom at the same time. I stood at the men's door waiting for him to come out and listening the whole time. There, somebody asked me to move. No, I just, you know, it's just. No, because if 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 something ever happens, it it makes them afraid for the rest of their life. Absolutely, Doc. What's your thoughts? I agree. I mean, it has to be the point that, like you said, you. Talk to your son. You hear the tone of his voice and how he answers you and the hesitation. It's one of those things where parents have to be so in tune with their kids. They can recognize when something's wrong, even when the kids don't say anything. And to the point, I don't know how the parents did not recognize it um, to even ask the question. And even if they asked the question, to even know enough if the answer didn't sound right or feel funny or was their children hesitant in even going back to practice the next day or did they, you know, was there something off or different? Um, And they wonder, like, did they pay attention to the sign that something else was going on or were they so busy doing other things, live parties, 
sending the kids Count off to gymnasts because they just didn't want to. Yeah, it's like sending them off because, oh, get them out the house. I ain't got to be bothered with them. You know, stay, keep them as long as you want to. We got other things to do. You know, some parents do that. Send their kids off because they want to break. And, you know, as long as the kid ain't bothering them or bugging them, they really don't care. Um, so to the point that some of them may not recognize the signs, but, you know, um, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you would hope and expect that a parent could pay attention to the signs where something was wrong. And I'll even give an example. My mom, she was here with me last week and Sunday we was out grocery shopping, getting food for the weekend, everything. And we was in the car going to my house, and she was like, you okay? I was like, yeah, why you asking? She like, I felt your shift. She like, your mood changed. And I didn't know why your mood changed, but I felt your mood change. I was like, yeah, something on my mind, dealing with some stuff real quick that kind of hit me real quickly. So I was processing. But she noticed my mood change just that quickly. And she, she was like, I wasn't going to say anything. She was like, you, you know, your daddy did the same thing. So I kind of knew the signs from watching him. So I felt when yours happened, and I was like, okay, I'll be quiet. But then I was like, I'm going to ask them to see what happened and why did the shift happen because I couldn't figure out what happened to you and what made you get to that point that quickly. Um, and like I said, she recognized that. And it's just one of those things that if parents pay more attention to their kids, maybe some of this stuff could have been averted. Um, but I think at that point in time and maybe that period of time, I think a lot more parents were probably more trustworthy with their kids going to adults at that during that time period. You know, they probably wouldn't have guessed, thought, or even thought anything like that would have happened in that probably that that era or that age um, or what they were. You know, that period of time, I don't think parents would have even thought that that would have happened uh, to their kids. Um, so I don't know. Well, and then. And I think I'm sorry, husband. For you, I think and then some parents, you know, what if they get that feeling and and it's in the pit of their stomach and they know, but but they're afraid to, you know, speak up or address the truth or find out the truth simply because, you know, they they don't have enough education in the business to understand that it's straight up wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so what if their mom, their mothers or their fathers did know and just thought, you know what, well, these are some powerful people we're dealing with. So they, you know, they kind of stand down. When it comes to my child, ain't nobody more powerful than me. You know what I mean? I don't care nothing about, I don't care about your influence. I don't care about none of that. If my child is uncomfortable, then we got a problem. If I'm uncomfortable, we have a problem. So so I, I can't um no 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 no. So we're gonna avoid all that. My son, he gonna go to practice, he gonna come home. You know, when I go out there to practice, I need to make sure everybody honest in what they're doing. And that's what it is. Ain't gonna be no sleepovers. He ain't sleeping over there and you ain't sleeping over here. Like we ain't doing none of that. That way, I know what go on here, and I know what he's exposed to, and I know that he keep his exposure covered up, if you know what I mean. So we ain't having no issues. No mm-hmm. issues. But it, it ain't just one of those, those I'm going to trust you, 
because, you know, of your influence or your knowledge in this industry. Nah, and I'm and I'm sorry, but I can't even buy, you know, what what you were just saying as far as them knowing because it ain't up to me to, to know. I can I can be ignorant to the sport all I want, but I know as a parent, I need to be in tune with with my child. You know, my son come dragging his leg. What happened? Well, I twist my ankle. Okay, you know, if, if you come in and, and you barely move. What's going on? You know, after coming back from your coach, what, what's going on? You know, now, son, you moving a little funny. What's going on? What happened? Did he touch you? You know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Did he touch you? Period. I'm I'm sorry. It's, it, it may be a little uncomfortable. It may be unorthodox, but we, we got to be direct if we want to know the truth. We, the problem is we're not asking the right questions. Oh, how was practice today? Oh, it was good. Oh, uh, anything happened? Well, no. Well, coach had me take off my clothes and do a split, and he took out his camera phone. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, the right what? Questions. Oh, okay. You're like, where the heck that come from? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Everything got the hole. If we want want the right answers. Yeah, that's why I ask all of them. Because you you Mm -hmm. hit all your land. Practice was good. You hit all your land. You know, you stayed on the bars and you flipped and all that. But why are you walking funny? You know what I mean? Like, we need to ask those questions. That's That's my point of all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and even, you know, it's funny because, like, my husband, he used to laugh at me, like, your mama want to know all that, I don't want to know all that, but, you know, it's, I, I ask these questions um, for all different kinds of reasons, but even with our three-year-old right now, I'm, I'm picking him up from school, you know, how was your day? Uh, my day was good. Did you go outside? Oh, I see you went to the gym today. No, I didn't go to the gym. Well, yes, you did. Oh, yeah, we went to the gym and we did this, this. And then, you know, I'm asking, well, what did you eat? Um, I don't know. So I'll take a look at it, at, you know, the menu for what he ate. Well, you you had applesauce. Oh, we had applesauce, chicken nuggets. I didn't eat any of my peas. So I'm making him kind of recall different things throughout the day. You know, I'm prepping him because cause it's going to be 20 questions when he get older. It, it does not stop, you know. So it's my husband, again, he knows. And I try to do the same thing to him. He shut me down real quick, but that's just how I'm built. <laughs> Look, man, somebody got to ask the question. If anything is abnormal, now we got to go further, you know. Twin, bro, we like, ah, why are we so afraid to ask questions? Is we don't want to know, or it doesn't matter because you got a bright future ahead of you? I think it's a combination of both. I think one, uh, some look at it, um, as you have the bright future ahead, um, you're just going through the process. I'm trying to get you somewhere. 
And I think on one side, they don't want to know the truth. They, like like uh, Ms. Quick said, you know, they may have the pit in their stomach, something don't seem right, something that may not be right, something going on, but if he ain't going to complain about it, why should I? Could be their mindset, which definitely ain't the right way to do it because at the end of the day, you're still a parent. And at the end of the day, there are more coaches than just that one. And if that one is doing something to your child, then they not, that might not be the coach for your child. And you have to be the one to say no because the child may not be in a position or be okay with saying no or talking about what happened. Um, but I think it, it, it's both of those together. Uh, one, they don't know because they may feel like, oh, if I ask them and they tell me, then what? Am I going to pull them out the game? Am I going to pull them out of sports? Am I going to uh, fire the coach? Am I going to tell them the coach? It is going to hurt my child in the future and nobody want to be bothered with him. Is he going to get backlash from uh, social media with peers talking about something happened to him? Like, it becomes one of those snowball things that, you know, they may not want to know. But as a parent, you still should know and want to know and still should do something because at the end of the day, they're your child, and you still have to protect them. No matter how old they get, you still are charged with protecting them. Well, you touch my child, they ain't going to be the only thing I'm charged uh, with. I knew that's right. Because <laughs> once you can't I'm, – I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you're, 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 you're stealing my child's innocence. You, you know what I mean? Like, we trusted you. So before we even get there, is it is it okay to ask, you know, are you in any type of pornography, child pornography? Are you in the kids? Do you have are you a registered sex offender? Are you you know, these like these are questions that 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 I, I would want to ask. I I know it's gonna make you uncomfortable, right? Because it's like, well damn. But I want to know, just so you'll know, I'm going to ask you these questions, just so you'll know that you have a concerned parent, that you better not try nothing with this kid because the parent is already on alert. Is that fair? I think that is fair because I think they'll know where the parent is coming from. They'll know exactly you mean business with regards to your protection, care, and love for your child, and they want to make sure that everything is on the up and up and that you're just going to coach my child, and that's it. You know, do what you're supposed to do. And with regards to me entrusting my child in your hands, whether you're going to coach, you know, whether it's coaching, acting, entertaining, whatever it may be, but I think those questions are justified. Let's quick. Because you'll be the one to walk out to me when I ask those questions. So what do you think about that? No, I won't walk out. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, it's, it, this ain't, you know how I do when it comes to these kids? You you know how, how I do. Yeah. 
but I mean, for the for the you know? beyond beyond your kids, for for parents out here who whose kids are you know looking or not even looking, but already playing sports currently, like, do you suggest they ask those type of questions? Yeah, I suggest you ask. Yes. You know, yes, ask. You know, if you don't ask, you won't know. And and the one thing that I'm not gonna do, and this just this is only just for me and myself, I am not gonna drive myself crazy trying to figure out what's what, what's going on, what's this, what's that, when all I have to do is ask. Leave me no room for interpretation. Because if there's something that I have to interpret or if I have to fill in the blanks. It's not going to be good for either me or you. So let me yep. just ask, get it right on out the way, so that way we both on the same understanding. Because if something go wrong, I already told you, either you or me going to jail. That I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there. Something go wrong with one of these three, either you or me going to jail. So let's just get all the cards on the table, huh? I don't look good in orange, so you, you know. Hey, uh, I will be there to get you. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, orange, orange seems to you know do me okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it's just you know it's one ask, ask. Don't leave anything any room open for interpretation and don't ever give anybody the impression that you are going to play when it comes to your kids. Like I I go to school, I take them to school, I I'm I'm involved, I laugh, I smile, I do you know, hey, I can play this game real cool. But when you know you remember when we first put our little ones in this daycare and uh, Mason had an issue, you know, with being hit, you know, straight up. Look, now y'all keep fucking with my kid now. I'm telling you, you know, I didn't bring him to the school for him to be bullied. If I get one more phone call that he's been touched and I got to come up to the school, it's going to be problems. And that's when, oh, you can, you know, feel free to do this, that, and the third. Needless to say, that teacher ain't even there no more. Apparently, you know, she she wasn't a good fit for the school or what have you. But the, you know, I I don't I don't give anybody the impression that that you know it's a game when it comes to my kids. I laugh, smile, shake your hand, but you know, I come pick my child up and they cry, then this whole school better watch out for me. That's just what it is, crying or you know something wrong, and you know conversations right now already happening. Nobody touches your penis. Nobody touches your butt. Nobody, you know. Somebody touch your butt. Somebody do this. You you tell mommy and daddy. Oh, absolutely. That was that was, you know, the question that asked as as a kid. Like I remember, you know, grandma anybody touch you? You know, to the point where, you know, I guess after a while, you know. She stopped asking, you know, like I was to the point where, nah, I don't want nothing from none of y'all. I was told, don't take nothing from strangers. 
so don't be trying to feed me no lunch. I want no beanie weenies. You know what I mean? Like, nah. Uh, nah. So I get home, and she's like, why you didn't eat today? You told me don't take nothing from strangers. So she had to pack me a lunch, bro, for like maybe a month. Like, not eating from anybody, man. Twin. Not eating from nobody. Yeah, I heard that story. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to it, man, we mm-hmm. gotta, we got, we gotta ask questions. We gotta, we gotta be involved. We gotta, you know, everybody talk about, you know, discernment. You gotta have that parental discernment, you know, about the people who's around your kids, and and that and that that's not only for coaches, but that's for their friends as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's for their friends as well. Because you may this kid you have a bad feeling about maybe an unsavory looking character. Next day you know he done he done, you know, stole something from the store. Now they're knocking on your door. Cause your son was with him. But you had a bad feeling and you didn't say, Nah, I don't want you hanging with that kid. We gotta step in and ask questions. We gotta have conversations. We gotta draw lines. We 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 have to. If we're gonna protect our youth, our children, we have to ask questions. We got to. Oh man. So, Miss Quick, thank you for asking our children. Those questions, those details. Thank you. I'm touched. You are welcome. Well, I don't trust my son to tell me the truth. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking too. Nah, I mean, you know, again, it's, one, it's, you know, it's, it's part of just how I'm built, you know, but more than that, I ask those questions because, you know, I just being real, like, um, me growing up, I didn't, it wasn't like I had the opportunity to go and spend a night. Like, I didn't do sleepovers either. I only slept over at my uncle's house. You know, with, you know, his wife and kids and stuff. But obviously, you know, that was it. That was the only place I ever was able to sleep over unless it was, you know, my other granny's house or my dad or my mom. Um, So because I didn't have those opportunities where I went unwatched for long periods of time, I didn't have those questions. Um, And because I didn't have those questions, you know, talking about, different things was, was awkward. You know what I'm saying? So I try to have not that the not that these children go unwashed at all, but I try to open the door a little bit more, you know, so that they know that they, there will be no conversation that you can't have with us. Everything is on the table. You know, um Everything is on the table, you know, sex, drugs, you know, 
Like, they, they're allowed to ask anything, not saying they're going to answer to everything, you know, but our older son is asked, have I ever smoked marijuana? Mom, you ever smoked marijuana? You know, you ever smoke cigarettes? You ever drink a beer? How many beers can you drink? You know, whatever. Ask me anything. Um, tell me anything. Because, and you let me decide if it's something that you need to know um, or if it's something that I need to take action on. So, I'm I'm just trying to make sure that they're comfortable and and to come in the door and say whatever it is, however it is, and and let us, you know, do what we need to do as parents from that point. My son ain't never asked me if I smoke marijuana. I'm gonna lie to him all day. Let me tell him, yeah, yeah, I smoke. <laughs> You gotta. <laughs> no, but but you're absolutely right. You gotta have those lines of communication open about any and everything, because if if they feel like they can't talk to you at an early age, they're not gonna be able to or or ready to talk to you as an adult. You know what I mean? And want to have that conversation because you don't want them to find the answers in the wrong place like social media or that friend who you know <laughs> going to get a bad advice who said you can get pregnant from kissing you know <laughs> you know and it, 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 it's it's just as simple as that you know our, our son whenever he goes out with you know his the the, the other family yeah I ask him all kinds of crazy questions we be looking like what and you know, I'm just asking. You know, just anything. And that's and that's that's fair. I, I just need to know. Yeah. I need to make sure that I need to make sure that you you came home the same way you left. If y'all Yeah. And if you friends. and if you didn't, who do I need to go see? What did you say? I said, if they didn't, who do I need to go see? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, you know, and it's a thing where, you know, I mean, again, it's, you, you can never, um, and, it's, and it's, I guess he kind of looks at me kind of cross-eyed, you know, like obviously once he becomes a man and there, there are things that he's going to go straight to his dad about, but for right now, I'm gonna ask you everything under the, under the sun. You know, you may not want to tell me, you know, but I, I'm gonna ask. You know what I'm saying? And um, so once you be, once he becomes a man and and he, you know, he he can take care of himself, then you know I may stop asking. But at that point, he he's gonna call and seek advice from from one of us. You know. So it's 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 important, um, you know. Again, I think we mentioned it before. It's important to lay the lay that foundation and build that foundation in such a way that, um, you know, the comfort level is there. You know, some and, and quite honestly, somebody may come over and 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 think they'd be like, "What y'all talk about that?" Yep, sure do. Oh yeah, I'll call them down to the table. And, and... <laughs> And have them talk. <laughs> hey, listen, because I'm gonna need y'all to understand from 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 an experience 
source versus somebody who, you know, the blind leading the blind, somebody making it up as they go along and passes you bad information. You know, all that is, is important. All that's important. So I just encourage everybody to open up those lines of communication with, with, with the children. Period. Yeah. Now, granted, it may be more comfortable talking to your kid about it, but you want to have that. Cause you want you want kids to be able to come to you and say, you know, I have a problem, especially depending upon your position in the community. You want them to say that you have a problem, so that way they can tell somebody, and you can tell somebody. You can alert somebody. So as long as you have that 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 communication open, they'll come to you. Twin, do you agree? I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Keeping the lines of communication open, I think, allows young people to have that connection with their parents where they can talk freely and openly. I think as a young, being young, I think it only helps them as they get older to rely on their parents for a resource and to be more open and free to communicate with them about any and everything that go on. Yeah, and even and more than that, it's about you know being truthful. Don't don't lie, you know. And you know you want to know if I ever had a smoke, then you know I'm gonna give you the real answer, you know, and tell you what my experience what it was. You know what I'm saying? But again, you know, don't, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna cover it up. You know, one, there's no such thing as a perfect person. You know what I mean? And I think that that when when we Try to lie, especially to our children. We're trying to cover up our imperfections. Uh, I live in mine. I, I am one imperfect individual, and you know, as long as my husband loves it and my kids love it, I'm good. But um, you know, be be truthful at and because the only thing they can do is learn from it. You know, they're gonna either learn from your experiences and your mistakes. Or you're going to be able to be truthful enough with them so that, you know, they can make their own decisions and they're going to learn from there, you know. So uh, I think that that's important, and, you know, not only with children but in life, you know, live and stand in your truth. But a little off topic, but I just had to say that. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you both for your your insight. Um, but y'all know what time it is. Y'all know it's time to go to work, man. We got to go out here and, and protect our youth. You know, uh, teach them that, uh, or allow them to teach us what they see as far as um, what they wanting to be and what they want. Let them ask the questions why, so we'll have a, a deeper understanding. How was your day? Why are you walking like this? Why, you know, why are you not eating? Or what happened? Get those details. So that way you have an understanding of what happened and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to say one thing before we get off. Like with our three-year-old, you know, there was one conversation that I was having with him. And, you know, he said, Michael, Michael's mean to me. And, 
at that broken heart because, you know, like they play around our kids, they're boys. They are truly boys. And they they play around and they jump off couches and stand on tables and all kinds of stuff at all times of the day. But, you know, my oldest is his, his voice is deeper. And um, so he when he responds, especially with, with Mason being able to understand tones now when he responds to Mason, it does come across as if he's being mean or hateful. So I had to have a conversation with him about it. Like, look, you need, you need to you need to respond to him, you know, differently because in responses that you're giving him, he's perceiving you to be mean. So when you try, I say, say when you're talking to your children, take heed to what they say because they only they know their perception. And, you know, perception is reality. So if they perceive one thing to be, then you need to go ahead and be able to nip something in the bud, even if it's small, as small as the the tone of an older brother or sister or the tone of an auntie or uncle or coach, you know what I'm saying, um, so that, you know, they understand that when you talk, they when they talk, you listen. And they understand that even at a young age that you're willing to address and help make things a little bit better for them because that's what you're here for. I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Um, so, like I said, I'm about to get up out of here and go to work. If everybody's hearts and mind clear, uh, Miss Quick, your heart and mind clear? Yes. Thank you, and I love you. Dr. Love twin. You. Good twin. Is your heart and mind clear, bro? Heart and mind clear, twin. Thank you, man. I love you, man. Uh, love you, too. So we're going to go ahead and have, have Doc pray us on out, man, because, you know, he's a good one. No problem. Uh, Definitely, Father, we thank you for this night, God. We thank you for the topic on tonight, God, talking uh, about our youth, God, and making sure that parents are being more active and engaged in the youth life, God. Please open the ways of communication, um, lead and guide the parents in what to say, the questions to ask. Um, Allow them to be the parent and the protector of their kids. And leading God, them in a pathway and a foundation that can keep them grounded, God. We ask God that you continue to let the conversation continue to flow, God, as um, people, parents, and kids continue to communicate, uh, continue to join together, continue to actually work together, work with each other um, in order to instill the foundation, the stability, and everything that the youth do need today, God. And Lord, we just thank you for the talk show. Thank you for. Um, Brother Quick, thank you for Miss Quick. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I'm looking for a great 2020 as you continue to give us great topics to discuss and talk about to help the people in the community as well as beyond, God, to be better people in their life, their community, and around the world. We thank you and we appreciate you, Lord. In your name we do pray. Amen. 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 Well, this concludes tonight's episode of the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one, Mr. Quick, with Ms. Quick, and Dr. Twin is the co-host, and Pastor Robinson in his absence. Again, we encourage you to open those lines of communication and 
be mindful. Nothing is worth the risk or sacrifice of your children's health or well-being. Not a dollar, not trinkets, nothing. So keep God first. Let him guide your steps and order your ways, and he will make it all uh, possible and come to light. That's all I have. Until next week, Tuesday, 9 p.m. Be safe. Love God. Love each other. Peace.